1: a fierce episode for you today with the epically powerful dominique christina a spoken word poet writer mother and a radical feminist dominique shares her life story of owning her voice and committing to truth telling get ready to interrogate unpack and detonate with today's unapologetic guest
2: Christina, born to really brilliant folks, um, really talented, gifted and talented folks, overachieving folks, walk-on-water folks, um, uh, uh, history-making folks, like for real. It's not hyperbole. And um, to be born into that context is quite something. There's a lot of privilege in it. Um, There's a lot of access in it. Um. And a lot of resources that aren't always available to folk who look like me, um, in it, um, and the bar is always super high, and it's never lowered for anyone or for any reason. There are there's no circumstance by which <laughs> like the folks in my family would accept mediocrity from any of us. Um, I think I think I by the time I was a teenager, I figured out how to benefit from that. I think I figured out that like, even though it was stressful um, and at times felt pretty thankless because I had a grandmother who uh didn't applaud anything you did, no matter how stunning, because mm-hmm. um, she wanted you to keep, she wanted you to keep stretching past. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, it got to a place where you were always just sort of seeking her approval and stuff. But even though that, would create stress um, or tension or even resentment from me for sure um, when I was a teenager and on into undergrad, I still benefit from the fact that everyone around me expected me to be brilliant and helped me be. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no no getting around that. Um, And so I I was a, a volleyball player. Um, from the age of 11 to the age of 22, it was an identity, uh, was really kind of the only thing I was pouring into at the time. Um, and then I broke my wrist at opening ceremonies of, of the Olympic games and had to start thinking about what else I might be Mm. or become, um, which ended up being a really crazy gift. Uh, took a creative writing class, whimsically chose to do it just because the professor was really cool and seemed cool on campus. I didn't know anything about him. Uh, And it changed my life. It changed my trajectory. It changed how I spoke. It changed how I thought about the world and myself in the world. And and it changed how I was going to be relative to my own story um, and what language I would curate for those things. So... Mm -hmm. That's the short version of who I am. I'm a mother. Uh, I'm a troublemaker. Um, I've been that for a long time. Um, I don't know. I'm a creative. I'm always, you know, my the organic matter of who I am is always tied up in making something, building something, constructing something. You know, fine tuning something, adding music to something, painting something, taking a picture of something. It's 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 always a very you know, creative thing that sort of keeps me afloat and keeps me on the planet, and and keeps me willing to be on the planet. Mm. Um, yeah. Did I answer your question? The who am I? The who am I? Question's complicated. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Of course. I'm per, I'm perpetually aghast at the state of the world. So that that you know, yeah. So there's that. You know, but it, it keeps me thinking about a thing. You know that mm. that I need to. I don't know that I need to curate or create to answer back right to the stuff that you know
1: destabilizes me. Yeah. So we have got to stay yeah. awake and on it and yeah aware. Yeah. So at what point does your relationship to radical feminism begin? I don't know.
2: It's an interesting question though. I mean, I think uh, if you if you take that term and and you apply it too singularly it's constricting like this philosophy that you read about and Mm -hmm. then began to interrogate and then began to implement it into your life. And it happened on August, you know, 28th, 1992, like (laughs) now it, it uh, radical feminism. I suppose I could argue that um, I was radically feminist at eight, standing over a dead stepfather's body and making decisions about, what girl I would grow in his place and mm. um, what I would or would not do with his death, you know, what I would and would not let it mean for my life. I think I was a radical feminist then. I think I, I think that I was, you know, mo- any, any, from my perspective, any philosophical, any, any philosophy or, or political leaning uh, is born out of the personal your experience mm-hmm. informs h- how you interpret and how you interrogate mm. and so i had a clear picture of my womanness and my girlishness as it was occurring through the lens of men and boys mm. and yeah it was always detonating and there were landmines everywhere. And I didn't like the authors of the story very much. Everyone was trying to author me. I didn't like the authors of the story very much. I went, like, I'm not gonna read this anthology. This is not a, I don't like this, right? So my my ideas about womanness and, and how it got contorted and constricted and, and um, blown apart, that clarity came young. That clarity came before I entered middle school. By the time I entered middle school, the tension was, how do I navigate what it means to be a girl in this place where the very act, unintentional act, just organic act, of growing boobs changes uncle figures into rapacious figures? Mm -hmm. What do I do with this data? I had friends who were loathing their bodies because of that data. They were Mm -hmm. having the same experience that I was having, but they chose to perform from a place of the body is a liability. And I need to do whatever I can to sort of survive this place. So you can become a rape apologist from that place. You can become a misogynist from that place. You can accommodate the oppressor from that place i I talk a lot about a story where a girl led me and my best friend into a basement with the, the purposes of having her brother and his friend gang rape us. It didn't happen, but she facilitated oh. it she facilitated it, and there were a lot of girls like that when I was growing up I, and i i can have an, i have an aerial view of it now, yeah. I, I had an aerial view of, of what was happening and knew enough to know these girls were performing that way yeah, because they knew it was safe for them. If I can mm-hmm. be with them, I can be a part of the boys club, then I'm not one of the girls they're running a train on. And I'm clear about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change my rage about it, but I'm clear about no. the psychology, right? And it shows up. Yeah.
1: Everywhere, everywhere. I mean, it, it shows, up, shows up. You know, yeah. my slice of the world is is in birth work, and you see it with the nurses and the female For OBs. Sure. You know, sometimes sure. they're the most abusive. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So i i i I would probably argue, you know, that i I was already practicing radical mm-hmm. feminism as a little girl. In
1: some respects, it was the only way I stayed alive.
2: Um,
1: so you're really You're really hip to this and starting to piece this together at 10, 11, 12. Yeah. 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 12 12 was the year
2: where it all kind of, it it just all landed in my body hard, but it landed there and I had to do, I had to address it. I, I, 12 that year, there was a lot that happened that year, but that was the year that the girl tried to facilitate a gang rape of me and my best friend and, um, And that was the year that I watched um, a a little girl named Carla Ricketts be hit by a car and then run over again. Woman waved her into a crosswalk. She stepped out, woman hit the gas, uh, blew her body apart and then put her car in reverse and hit Carla again. 12 was the year, yeah, 12 12 was an awful year. 12 was the year that, yeah, 12, 12 was the year when my best friend's mother was, raped by her husband in the bedroom oh that was over over my head um on the night um, I slept over, and I heard everything i I heard her telling him no, I knew what he was doing um and I was quiet, and her daughter slept through all of it, which should give you some clarity about what their lives must have looked like right um and then she came downstairs and she got me you know um and she was like a surrogate mother for me um because she was very different from my mother. I'm not saying she was qualified to be that, but she, she was so different from my mother. And I needed as many examples of the feminine template as possible. And so yeah. I sort of cleaved to her and she, she came in with a torn nightgown and she was bleeding from literally everywhere, wanting me to help her clean up, clean herself up and not to disturb her girls. Right. And that was really profound for me because I wanted to be protected the way she was protecting her daughters. Like from that moment, I wanted to be protected from that moment too. And then I, but I wasn't being protected from that moment. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, okay, so I don't, I don't, does this mean that I have some, some greater carrying capacity or some, some, some nuance that, that I'm unaware of that will help me navigate washing the wounds of a woman who is my surrogate mother who was just raped by her husband. I actually didn't know women could be raped by their husbands. I, I learned that that night. Um, yeah. So you know what I mean? 12 was a big year, but, but the, on the other side of that, there were things I knew about the woman I wanted to become and, and the kind of girl I was going to be in order to actualize the woman that I wanted to become. And she was ferocious. She was a wolf. (laughs) She got grown that year, you know? So yeah, my, my, my politics and my
1: philosophical
2: orientation with respect to radical feminism was definitely developed by the time I was in middle
1: school, for sure. So what, what do you do from that year? I mean, so you have some, 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 What's even the term? I mean I don't know, trauma, her- devastation yeah, her- horrific <laughs> exposure to some yeah. of the darknesses of yeah. of this planet, the people on this planet. Yeah. And how at at twelve how do you start to piece that together? I mean, it sounds like you have so much awareness around it. And do you have people to talk to? Do you have aunties? Do you have Oh, I
2: have them, but I'm not talking to them. Because right. I come from I come from Southern debutantes, noble, regal, appropriate women who stitch up their sorrow. They do not bleed out loud ever, 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 ever. And I, it would have been like interrupting a tea party. as it felt for me. I, it wasn't, but that's what it felt like. You know, like <laughs> I, I, everyone else is out here surviving so beautifully. Like, mm-hmm. so it looks so poetic the way that you all do this. I'm not doing it like that. I don't even know if I have the ability uh-huh. to do it like that. I don't know that I can put on a pretty dress and, and, and remain unprofane. I don't know if I can do those things given what I've seen and what I know and what's happened to me and, and my relationship with my own body, which was a complicated relationship. And so, no, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm, but I'm, Becoming a wise student. I'm becoming a sociologist. I'm watching. I'm bearing witness. I'm writing things down. I'm integrating the data. I, I, I have to. I'm, I'm paying attention to the fact that there are all these different iterations of woman. None of them look like me, but they're all instructive.
1: It's just blowing my mind that you chose the the awake path, like that you didn't shut down. Well, the consequence for
2: me shutting down was going to be either I was going to be murdered or I would murder someone because I had too much going on in my body. I was too angry. I I, I was too confronted by broken, what happens when when broken men go unchecked. Mm -hmm. I had too much data about it. Yeah. Something had to move. Something had to move.
1: At what point in your life do you find the women who become your mentors and your and your the women that teach you things you know like that are on the path of of this expressive artistic um you know not turning a blind eye like you know I hear, heard you say you have the aunties but you're not talking to them when do the women come in that you are talking to about this i had to do it first i really did i i
2: I had to model it first. And then they showed up in the room. Mm-hmm. I I felt I feel like I feel like I've been permissioning women to do this, even the women that I come from, the women that are older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother's so sassy now, girl, like, but she wasn't. When I was oh a little God, girl, she wasn't. You know what I mean? And my aunt stayed remained stitched up and noble and regal and and, and you know, palatable everywhere she went until she and I had occasion to do a gig together. And she intended to do her normal sort of standard lecture where she makes everyone in the room feel safe. And I blew it apart. And then she was like, <laughs> well, shit. And now we have really honest, real conversations. And she never went nice. back to that standard lecture of trying to make mm. everybody feel safe in the room. So in some respects, I feel like, I was commissioning people, but I had to detonate first. I had to interrupt space first. I had to go ahead and bleed out loud first. And then in so doing, there were all these women in my life who went, oh shit, that's what we're doing? Okay. But it wasn't modeled for me. I'm serious. I wanted it to be. I kept waiting for it to be. I thought I was pretty certain it was out there, that there were women who were just like, look, you know, like, so I was on a scorched earth, like, listen, um, I would be the wrong woman to test right now. I felt that they were out there, but I hadn't met them.
1: Yeah, I, I feel very them. similarly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I had to do it. And then when I did it, my tribe found me. That's what it felt like. hmm they found me. All of a sudden, you know, the, the room changed. The temperature in the room changed. The players changed. There were some people. Exactly. Who's yeah. come into the
1: playground starts to change.
2: Absolutely, because <laughs> I, what I recognize and I tell people this all the time, all you have to do is show up in the fullness of yourself and do not apologize or explain. And the ecosystem is going to show you everything you need to know. Because some people are going to be pissed off. They will act like you've wronged them. Pay attention to that. There are other people who are gonna be so devastated or so rattled by you again <laughs> simply just showing up in the fullness of who you are. And they act like you have a bomb strapped to your chest. Pay attention to that. And then pay attention to the people who sit up a little straighter. Mm-hmm. They lean forward. They're suddenly very interested in you. You know? Pay attention to them too. It's just been a really grand social experiment. My womanness is so tied up in this. I'm performing it out loud in every room without apology and watching the ecosystem change. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but really I couldn't even tell you who modeled that for me. I was grown in a mother for sure. And it hadn't happened. It had not happened. Yeah. But becoming a mother made me a wolf. And I was already sort of a wolf. So my the ferocity that I grew. Um, yeah, it's next level. It's next level. And I just stopped giving a shit about who was afraid of me or who was offended or whatever. I didn't have time for that because I was trying to make a world for these folks that I made.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And different. I remember, yeah, being quite young, realizing kind of what a what a joke it was to care about People's takes on me yeah. who I didn't want to be like, right? <laughs> you know, right? Like, t- it's like taking marriage advice from like a right. like a like a serial divorcer. Right, divorce what, what I <laughs> right. and I found so, so wild. Like for the little sisters who are who are you know listening to this podcast who are kind of wondering what this radical feminism thing means.
2: I'm interested in, in, in the raising of consciousness and the liberation of folk. And I'm interested in the uh, radical exploration and the radical interrogation of what it means to be woman. In order to do that, you have to detonate the, the male gaze. You have to. I'm sorry. But you have to. Um,
1: and what does that mean to detonate the male gaze? Well, it,
2: it means that so many of us inherit ideas about womanness through the lens of masculinity. A man's yeah. version of the story of this is what gets translated to us and it's what we're conditioned to perform from. So you have to detonate that story, right? Um, that author is not more expert than we are, right? Men have been authoring what it means to be woman forever. They still are in most um, spaces. And they still yeah. are. So when I say detonate the male gaze, that's uh-huh. what I'm referring to. I don't give a shit what he feels about womanness. That shit is irrelevant Literally. to me. And the, the only, the only, the only attention I need to pay to it is again, that of a, a general or a sergeant. I need to know, you know, who I'm fighting. <laughs> if we're fighting, I need to know what weapons you're using. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I'm, but, but that's it. That's the only relevance it has to me. Everything else is irrelevant. Because again, it's like it's like talking to um, it's it's someone who has no knowledge who has been hoisted up as expert in the field. So I don't have time to pay attention to that. So so it's it's that that's what I mean by detonating the male mm-hmm. gaze. And and a lot of folks think they're doing it, but it's not simply about I'm going to read more female authors. It's not what the hell I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. What does it look like for you? How did you detonate and how did you you know find out how to author your own story of womanhood.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a heavy question, you know, and it's a scaffolded one. I could talk to you about um, being in rooms and and my trajectory changing, being the only woman in the room, the only woman of color in the room, and and paying attention to the prerequisite of silence and powerlessness that was attached to my body simply because I was the only woman in the room. And I haven't, I haven't, the The day my stepfather died, I stopped being silent and I stopped being powerless. So I was eight. I, I have never looked back. Mm. So to be in room after room and be fully aware of what my capacity is, be fully aware of my brilliance, be fully capable, talented and all that shit and watch men still attempt to... Create a narrative about me by which I should be small or I should play small or I should be apologetic or um, I should be beholden to them or to their ideas or their politics was fascinating to me. But it still took me a while to figure out how to blow that space up, how to interrupt it, right? And then to deal with the consequences of that, to pay attention to what that was going to mean for my life and mm-hmm. how alienating it can be. How isolating it can be. People are pissed off. Women are mad at you. It's yeah. not just men are mad. Yeah, men, women are mad at you. So, so it's a it's a whole thing. It's a process. And again, like I said, it's like it's a grand social experiment. But it is also pretty isolating at times. It'll isolate you from your family. Your mama does not know what the hell is wrong with you. It will isolate you from people you thought were friends because they don't understand your presentation at all. I am interested in, I'm interested in having folk interrogate these antiquated ideas about women. Because those ideas suggest that we aren't fully realized identities like this idea that we can be taken on and off that we're mere costuming for some strange fixation we need to uh, we need to interrogate and unpack that and then detonate um that we can be worn or that we can be erased that we can never be fully realized i mean like if i accept this post modern performance art as unequivocal this idea that woman is mere costume i put a dress on and a red lip and declare myself this thing and i am this thing if i if i make that concession th- this version mm-hmm. of woman as constructed then the only place i have belonging in this country or in this society or in this world is the grave there's no place for me If, if, if I am mere costuming, if I'm mere ornamentation, mere window dressing, if I can be summed up by a dress, a red lip and a high heel, right? Um, then there is no place for me. And I reject that. Um, I know how big woman is. I know how vast and complicated we are. I know how necessary we are. I know nothing moves on this planet without us. So the very idea that you would then relegate me to window dressing or suggest that my identity can be tied up neatly to a, a skirt is absolutely obscene, and it's beneath me. It should be beneath anyone, right? I think it's that. Mm-hmm. And you say that. Yep. And there are all these folk who line up to call you a name. All these folk who decide on the merit of me saying, I insist on myself, and you will not determine my identity by a costume and a declaration. Now I'm phobic. Mm -hmm. I'm scared of an entire group of motherfuckers. I have never met to be afraid of you. I'm a bitch now. Right. I'm a terse now. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, and I know what you're afraid of when you call me a bitch. I know what you're afraid of when you call me a turf. Like when you require my silence, Uh that's an admission of your frailty.
1: Fuck yeah. And, 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 and uncertainty about your position. And, and your, or, or your total allegiance to your own oppression.
2: That's right. And I'm not beholden to your hurt feelings. So that's, that's the piece for me. Honestly, yeah. we could also just say radical feminists are the ones who show up in the world in a way where we just make sure you're clear about the fact that we're not beholden to your little, your little <laughs> stupid ass ideas. That's all we're saying. I'm not beholden to that. Like you made that shit up. Yeah. I don't have to organize myself around that. Exactly. Just because you say, ouch, you're hurting me because I'm talking about my period. Now I got to be quiet. Do you know how long it took me to talk about my period?
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah. I just—it's that. That's refreshing. Really <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great. That really encapsulates it. Like, do you know how long it took me to talk about my fucking period? Right, so long. And now so you're no, gonna no, tell no, me no, that you offends that. you?
2: Right, you know that though. Mm-hmm. We have mothers who still whisper. And look, wear a dress. I don't give a shit. But that doesn't mean you. I gotta open my door to you in the same way that it doesn't matter if I if I tailor a suit. There are some rooms I am unwelcome in. It Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can put my hair back in a bun, wear a suit, and I will still be told to get the hell on. So it's funny that that can be performed. But if I say, you know, um, look, not this time. This event is not for you. It's like I. It's like I. I, I blew up a, ch- a children's museum or something. Mm-hmm. You would think I. I mean, like. Just come up with the most unthinkable shit you can, and like, oh I did shit, it. that's funny. I'm oh like, is that? I'm like, why is that? I was you know I mean? when
1: I when I first started the Free Birth Society Facebook group. It's just a fucking Facebook group, and yeah. it it is it obviously it's for women only. I received. It was my first time like getting bullied into the trans ideology stuff. And I was shocked because I had only ever worked locally in the community. I had never done an online thing. And Mm -hmm. I mean, within two seconds of putting it out there, I received an onslaught of hate mail saying to police, but here's the language. I mean, I know you know this, but I'm going to say it for everyone. To police a space based on genitalia is not only toxic, it's violent. Oh, that's okay. That <laughs> you okay. uh, ass Chick
0: said to me, Oh, okay. That's I was like, a Okay, story. but
1: do you realize you are literally fighting to not have women's spaces? Like, you're doing this to yourself. The shit that feminists have fought for, for forever. Mm-hmm. You're upholding that we're not allowed to have female spaces get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here.
2: And I, and i am listening and I'm aligned with your ideas that gender is a construct, but again, but you got to interrogate that. You have to unpack that. That doesn't mean it's a construct. Therefore, now if I put this dress on, I become you bullshit. That's like, if I go race as a construct, well, that doesn't, if I, if right. I bleach my skin, which I could do, if I bleach my skin, does that make me white?
1: People are so confused about that gender and biological sex are the same thing. And therefore, if you say, and I even hear like people who write books, people who claim to be scholars on this still confuse the two. Of course, gender is a construct, but sex is not. But you know what? It's, it's, it's for me,
2: it's like, you, you stopped, you were interrupted. It was like arrested development. There was a, a moment, a divine moment that we missed collectively and individually by which an individual had an opportunity to interrogate gender roles, gender construct, and gender stereotypes and detonate that. But instead, they determined that there was something wrong with the body. And... And then that idea was affirmed and reaffirmed and then commodified and monetized. And and I'm like, it's, it's really that for me. Like I said, I don't move through the world fixated on what other folks are doing. I don't, I can't, I can't, I don't have time for that. But that said, right, I am going to show up in the world on my own terms. I'm gonna enter every room. On my own terms. And, and any, any identity that can only be sustained if I shut the fuck up is not an identity. You have a problem. If, if my womanness and the pronouncement of it offends you, destabilizes you, or causes you to hate your body more, you got a problem. I don't have a problem. You got a problem. You need to unpack that. You need to interrogate that. Not me. I don't have to do that heavy lifting. That belongs to you. Your discomfort does not obligate me to now shapeshift until you figure out what the hell you're doing. Absolutely not. And not to mention, none of that was ever carved out for me. There was no, there were no men and boys or anybody being silent because Dominique is trying to figure out her womanness. Are you crazy? No. I don't have to figure it out, in spite of. Us. Okay. So that work belongs to the individual, and they should do it. But any idea, suggestion, or mandate that I need to change my lexicon in order to accommodate their identity, I'm going to hurt your feelings. I'm not even going to want to hurt your feelings. I'm going to hurt your feelings because I'm going to tell you, you got me fucked up. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But it shouldn't be asked because that's not an identity. If you can be exactly. destabilized by the pronouncement of another identity you don't have an identity.
1: Exactly. I've literally, I mean I I deal with pretty constant harassment around not capitulating to this to this, you know, to bend over backwards, you know, around this language and I r- regularly receive emails, DMs, whatever that that will say basically this. You are literally killing trans people by using the word woman and mother. It's true
2: it's true but you know what i'll go further and again i and i'll let me and also let me give a disclaimer and i and bless your heart because i didn't know you were navigating that or whatever but and i've had to say this in different rooms so i'll say this again here too um <clears throat> you're absolved of this the following message madam uh dear listener um please be clear okay there are plenty of glorious scholars philosophers authors, educators, um, birth workers, and all of that who will curate language and will help you understand this and will work through it with you. And they will remain nonviolent. I am not one. I did not know you were getting death threats. I'm serious. This is important. Things to be said. I'm not one. You can try to climb into my inbox if you want to. You can email me if you like. I will make sure you have my email address at the end of this podcast. You can send me a direct message. You can find me on Twitter. But Dominique does not respond to threats of violence nonviolently. You will 1,000% get beat the fuck up. That's really important for you to understand. That's part of my feminism. I'm serious. That yeah. really is important. I'm the same girl everywhere. So, so by, by all means, we can have a conversation and you don't not have to agree with my philosophical orientation not one day of your life. But the second you jut out, to threaten me, I'm gonna beat you up. It will not be. We will not be debating. I'm gonna beat you up. Okay, now having said that, let me say. this. now, now back. Turn now back to you. See, look at that. Look at that. Now I'm back to you. Little little disclaimer for the people though. Um, <laughs> let me say this, and this this may this will likely be alienating. Um, I don't even believe in inclusion me either okay no you're so on the right podcast all right don't okay perfect because <laughs> I'm like shit I'm like I don't I don't even believe in inclusion I've I've never seen a genuine unforced version of it mm-hmm. I've never I've never seen I've just never seen it so and as a, as a as an Afro-Latina woman I'm tribal what do you mean exactly what do I look like quarreling with the need for tribes Exactly. That's stupid. So I don't have that. So some of the the argument falls by the wayside for me because it's this like, we need to, we need inclusion. We need to be inclusive. uh, No, the hell, we don't. There are rooms I'm not fighting to enter. It's cool. Y'all have it. Y'all got it. Go do that thing.
1: But I'm going to do it too. Of course. That's it. That's really it. Inclusion is. Right. And that not, not every. I mean, this is like so rudimentary, but like not every podcast is for everybody. Right, no doubt. Not every Instagram page is for no everybody. Doubt. But I have one of the last, not only, you know, shout out to everyone else standing strong, but I have one of the last birth focused pages that dares to use the, the, the disgusting words, mother and woman. I literally, if you look around on, on birth pages, which I don't know like what your exposure to like that network or whatever is, it is wild that those words are gone. There are doula trainings and midwifery trainings happening all over North America now where they spend a full day teaching the the women that come that don't you dare assume that the person you're going to serve identifies as a mother. And they take and they say don't you dare disrespect anyone to have that language woman and mother be on your website or anywhere on your contracts I mean I, I it was a very long time ago that I started in this world so in this birth world so it was before this this kind of new new radical inclusion at the cost of actual female erasure um, so I got to skip that boat but so many women that I mentor are coming through these trainings and um, you know, fighting against this insane misogyny. That's insane. I actually just it's insane. I don't even know what to I don't know
2: what yeah. to make of that. And I don't I guess I just don't understand how a person can hear that and adhere to that without having deep questions about who is best served in a world where woman is a bad word. I just don't... It just seems like such easy math to me. Um, Right. In the birth world. Yeah, it just seems like such easy math to me. So I have a a struggle with that. Yeah, I know. You know,
1: yeah. This is where we are and this is where we're starting. and, And this is why these conversations are important. And like you said, anywhere where silence is required is a big fucking red flag that we need to get loud. And it happens, you know, it's happening in in politics, it's it happening, is. you know, in, in all sorts of, of things where there's one narrative and anything other than that one narrative. And I'm seeing it more and more on the left. Oh, and that's true. I was just getting
2: ready to say that.
1: Yeah, I was just it's getting- so... Fucking disappointing! And it's yeah. completely made me reorganize my politics. Yeah, me too. Because if only one narrative is allowed, and otherwise I'm demonized. Yeah, the danger that ain't my club. Yeah,
2: the danger of a single story. Yeah, it's it's that. It's you know, and I I think for me, like because the 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 personal is political, the political is personal, and it and it has been sort of leftist uh political correctness a historical exactly. obligatory inclusion that has mm-hmm. that has dogged my personal my family like my family of of origin um it, it it's dogged my family it dogged my folks existence like my people's existence well who are my people well i Those who are part of the African diaspora are my people for sure, but the people who are indigenous to this country are also my people. My father's from Panama. I have, I have a lot of people. Women folk are my people. My sisters are my people. And what I know for sure is we've always needed spaces that belonged only to us. Exactly. And, and yet only those who are supposed to have power get to posit that. And insist upon it. And I can assure you, well, I don't have to assure you because you know, but if I were to declare myself a white man in this very moment, nobody would adjust their thinking to make space for my declaration though. No one. No one is accommodating that. I promise you. No one is accommodating that. And in fact, the only adjustment that would be made would likely be that I would be regarded as crazy and other and mm-hmm. my son would probably be taken away from me. Like I'd probably lose custody. That, that would be the only adjustment, right? So again, I also pay attention to those who, who are supposed allowed. to ha- Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Those who have power, who are supposed to have power, the allowances made for them
1: mm-hmm. and the constrictions. So I'm curious... And you can decline if you're not interested in going there, but I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on, on the, the, like what has been happening on the, the political what to call it. Yeah. Like in the BLM stuff. and Oh, you know, what? I, I
2: have such a complicated relationship because, and i talked about this really, I don't have, I'm not conflicted at all. I, um, I think how you raise consciousness is as important as when, if you raise consciousness, um, I will say, I think that Black folk have been um, remarkable in their ability to stay, but I think that the way that, that we have been fighting historically, certainly in this country, I think that it's outdated. I think that it is uh, um, uninterrogated, and I think it's it's coming from an inferior position. I think that we've been fighting from an inferior position. Yeah. You can't win like that, obviously. Um, yeah. And uh, you can't even really know yourself like that. hmm And so it doesn't surprise me ever that we're literally repeating. I mean, to be completely honest with you, death as spectacle is precisely the context in which my grandfather grew and he was born in 1911 you know that's the, that's the same function that the lynching era had is you just just display a body cuz i mean look if i want to kill you if that's the, the 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 desired outcome and that's the only desired outcome i could just sneak into your house and murder you in your living room there's a function of killing you and having your body be displayed dangling on you know a light post on main street or whatever or giving folks the opportunity to come and and pose for a picture underneath the body it serves a function and that same function is being served by all these viral videos and stuff and see black bodies in the street all the time. It's the same function being served. I don't want to play that game. I don't want to participate. And I certainly don't want to replicate all of the demonstrations, all the tactics and resistance, you know, like all the moves and maneuvers that my grandparents made because I should be further along. Hmm. So for me, Black Lives Matter is... It was not interrogated a wise student of history would know what that invocation would produce and it's still operating from an inferior position. Now i got to convince you my life matters. i got to take time and energy (laughs) and intellectual capital to remind you my life matters. Whoever you are that need convincing, you are too stupid for me to speak to. Why am I wasting my time with you? Why would I curate language for you?
1: Yeah, I listened to a really interesting uh, interview with a with a black man, a professor at Brown um, named Glenn Lowry, uh-huh. and he he really blew me away. And one of the things he said was, "You can't base a movement on or an identity on the need for somebody else to change." And yes. It's and I'm. That's not a direct quote. He probably said it far more articulate than that. It's but true. but he 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 was just. It really blew me away because he was like, if your entire identity and your need uh, for liberation is based on changing someone else's mind, yes, you've got it all wrong. You got it and, wrong. And it's interesting because you said something very similar to that around the the trans ideology stuff. You know mm-hmm. that if you if you're For you to live your life is based on me believing what you think. Yep. We have a problem here. We have a problem. And you don't have an identity. Right. Right. If I I elect to never do it,
2: what happens to you?
1: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And and like when we go further back in history, like I've always been kind of struck by, you know, like me not agreeing with the foundation of Christianity. That doesn't Mm -hmm. make me Christian phobic. Right. I'm not afraid of Christians. Right. I just don't see the world the same Christian way. Christian, Christian critical? Christian. Uh, would you, maybe, would you say? Christian critical?
2: That's, that's a perfect term for it. <laughs> as if there's yeah, as a oh, theme yeah. here. Yeah. No, I, I'm there. I really am. I'm there. And, and and you know, and for me, I can say that in certain rooms about Black Lives Matter and people are like just devastated. You know, it's like oh, I, it's like totally. you know, and I and I just find that to be super tragic.
1: Because Which is again, the point, right? Because if we're if we're being, I mean, I cannot tell you how much harassment I received for not posting a black square on Instagram. All oh,
2: right. I there know, was I've never done that. I've never yeah. done that, but that's stupid because again, uh, so now that's somebody prescribing, and that's a pantomime anyway. Who's exactly. life is being saved by that black square? That's stupid. That's actually really stupid. Yeah, so see, that's what I'm saying. Like some stuff is just beneath you and you have to just call a thing a thing. But the other part of this is, again, just because you've arrived at this this thesis statement, just because that's your point of clarity, that doesn't mean I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. If that's what you're on, Black Lives Matter, and you're going to march in the middle of the road the same way my grandparents did. If you're going to do that, fine. But I'm not coming with you. And it's not because I'm afraid, Great. and it's not
1: because I don't believe that life matters. Because in fact, it exactly. does. Right. And the one narrative is is not only, um, like dangerous, but it's also boring. It's a very very immature way of seeing the 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 uh, you know, what is even the word the, the just mm-hmm. infinite um lenses and perspectives and experiences Mm -hmm. and I mean I've I've had black friends of Mm -hmm. mine who didn't get down with all of this or who critiqued it you know be called white supremacists themselves which I've been being called that for the last six months but I'm actually white I'm not a white supremacist obviously I do not need to even fucking say that and acknowledge it that way but you know but like black friends of mine have been being called that it's just Mm -hmm. it's such madness yeah but there's a but the but the but the activism is performative exactly and if you don't perform yeah (laughs) Yeah, well it's like you said it's like you said earlier that you don't have time you know you're busy with your own life and so you don't have time to get involved in policing other people's business and and that's kind of what I kept coming back to these last six months as I've been um yeah like people have been trying to cancel what I'm doing thankfully I'm uncancelable, so that's (laughs) good but but uh but I, I've really given it quite a bit of thought of like what is what is this all about and and it just reveals how not on purpose these people are because when you're on purpose you're in your own life but you know but 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 the the idea
2: of um prescribing for others what their activism should look like is incredibly egoistic, yeah. you know? And and so, and that also is why I'm struggling with leftist politics right now. I'm me like, too. Oh, we all got to feel that way? Because what? Exactly. Like, I don't feel that way. So I don't know what you, what am I, what, what oath am I breaking by? What oath did I, t- I anyway, so <laughs> I just don't understand. But it, it's that for me. I This idea that you can now prescribe, mm-hmm. uh, it, how I show up and how I'm relative to to what's happening in the world and what movements I align myself with is really egoistic. Mm-hmm. And I would prefer for folks to be free exactly. So uh, I don't the herd that herd
1: shit, I'm not yeah. I'm not into that. If it's only either or, And that means that if you're not doing it, if you're not on the right side, you're on the wrong side, which is I've really come to critique the anti-racism structure because I've been so bullied into it. I haven't capitulated to it. Well, here's the thing.
2: Here's the thing. For me, I pay attention to certain things. First of all, number one, you can't bully somebody into consciousness. That will not work. In fact, the the what BLM, one of the things that BLM has done is it has absolutely radicalized folks who were dormantly racist and shit, like who were kind of chilling and quietly racist. They weren't sure they were on the fence about their racism. They are firmly racist now. Cause they're like, what the hell? Oh, I didn't know we were drop picking. I had to be over here or over here. Okay, I guess I'm over here. Not talk about that. There's a there's a conversation by which, again, that invocation produces its uh, its counterpoint mm-hmm. it's complicated to sort of language but
1: no no i'm with you and, and glenn lowry said the same yeah. thing he basically was like if you spend so much time separating out the the white people and the white supremacists you're going to accidentally also create more white pride yes he was like, you want to be real careful about this. You're white, you're white, you're white, you're white, yes. you're white, you're white, you're white yes. over here. Yes. It's very, See, very interesting. It is. And it goes
2: the other way, too. When you're talking about how you fight for oh, women, yeah. Did, pay attention to that because you might be powering up the men who say we can be legitimately killed. You might be powering up the men who don't care if we get raped, the, the, the men who don't care about trafficking. You might be powering them up based on how you decide to fight for women, what language you're curating for that movement might actually be giving them their marching orders, might be giving them their thesis statement. You have to pay attention to that kind of stuff. I pay attention to it. That's what I'm saying. When you take emotion and all that stuff out of it, you're operating from logic and reason. A wise student of history, a sociologist will tell you some of these movements only fortify the counterpoint. That's what Mm -hmm. they do. So I struggle with that. I, I we yeah. have even even in the face of there's little things for me like I, I'm not and I have said this so many times, but I will say it again. Dominique is never going to be guilty of trying to convince somebody of her right to exist. Because you shouldn't have that question. If you do have that question, you are beneath me. I, I, I'm not going to talk to you. I got better stuff to do, right? So we don't don't have to align or agree ever. In fact, I don't like confluence as much as I like conflict. I really super like conflict. I like to learn by virtue of, I say this thing and you go, hold on. And then you say this thing and I have to try to figure out how you got there. You know, now we're having a dialogue. I'm learning, I'm growing. You might not even convince me of your point. But I've learned and I've grown as opposed to being in a room full of people who agree with you. There is no growth in that. I maintain that.
1: Or even worse, not even everyone who agrees, but who are afraid to disagree. To disagree. Right. So I struggle with that. So no,
2: I'm not going to convince you of my right to exist. I'm not going to go out of my way to spend a whole lot of energy talking to you about why we should not be legitimately killed or raped and murdered. I'm not. I'm not going to do that because you know what folks in powerful positions never have to justify or legitimize their right to exist or the rooms they're standing in. They never, ever, ever do it. They never do it. So why the hell am I doing it? That's where I'm at. So I'm not putting my hands up talking about don't shoot. That's an inferior position. I've already lost. It's a white flag flown. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. That's surrender. I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? I yeah. speak to power differently. I don't do it on my knees. I'm not doing that. And I'm not explaining to men, why women, you know, the way they do. I'm not. And yeah, big up, like, you. love and support for the women who have the bandwidth to have those conversations. But I just am not one. I feel like at this point, yeah. Well, it's a, we a should be further of- along.
1: Yeah, and it's also about like really cultivating the playground in which you want to play in and not feeling victimized and complaining about the playground you showed up in. But what do you want to do to craft your own playground, you know, and and just invite some people or find a better playground or instead of just, yeah. 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 I'll work on that analogy. (laughs) All right, well... Lots of good stuff to, to chew on. I'm glad I got you uh, I am too. heated up. I am too. You did. <laughs> you
2: did. You did. I always end up... I do. I always end up going there because I'm just so... I just find it to be astonishing. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, I just... I don't know how we
1: got here. I also know exactly how we got here. Yeah, exactly. You and, know what I mean? Yeah. And it makes... In the context of, of my life's work being being in birth work, it, it feels like there's similar threads there of, you know, for over 10 years, I was a, a doula in the system. And I realized, you know, after watching hundreds of women be raped and assaulted and tortured and, and their infants being tortured and, and just, you know, stuff that will haunt me for the rest of my life, um, I realized I finally got really real with myself that I couldn't possibly pretend that reform was going to work or was going to be enough. And when I got really honest with myself, I realized I had just spent a decade of my life um, trying to convince people not to abuse these women or or almost worse trying to convince women to not go be abused and I finally when I came time to conceive you know my own child and realized there was no way I was going to be calling in the system in any way including licensed midwifery um, I had you know real like Whoa! What am I? Who am I going to be, and what am I going to do? And if yeah. if I can't, if I won't engage with, you know, these bir- licensed midwives or the system or whatever, then yeah. what does that mean for me as my birth work? Blah blah blah. So, long story short, I realized really with the very intentional, you know, birth of Free Birth Society was to shift consciousness out of trying to convince anyone of anything, which I literally spent 10 years as the hero trying to be like, you guys... Yeah. don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. what happens over there. Yeah. Don't do it. And, in, yeah. and, and and like going into hospitals and trying to like reason with male doctors to not mutilate a woman's perineum, like, or to rip open her, her uterus unnecessarily, you know, like, what the fuck? And so finally, you know, cut to, yeah, five years ago or so, I was like, okay, holy shit, I need to shift everything and stepped into Really a like a through me and by me consciousness where there is yeah. no hero, no one needs to be saved. Yeah. And and yeah. And, and shift out of this inferior, superior yeah. complex that I had been pretty unconsciously like replicating again and again with the women that mm-hmm. I thought I was in devotion to, but mm-hmm. really also trying to save and and mm-hmm. shifting out of that and, and launching this thing. The energy behind Freebirth Society has just been like mm. I'm over here pouring my love and offerings and teachings and you know Mm -hmm. everything I have to give and if you want to be a part of this here it is and if you Mm -hmm. don't I just couldn't care less like if I'm actually going to trust women if we are going to actually trust women we have to stop trying to convince them of anything yeah and it's just totally shifted. And anyway, so I, I yeah. hear some similar threads in that around, you know, trying yeah. to convince, you know, some like racist piece of shit to not feel that way. No, that was really important. I need to sit with that. That was really important because I think
2: the piece for me around nobody needs to be saved. I think it it gets to well, it gets to quite a few things for me. But one again, if I like, we're to talk about the left. It's this idea that we're, you're trying to save all these folks. It's these, cha- all these charitable acts you're trying to perform. I have a problem with that. That feels super paternalistic to me. So, so I struggle with that. I don't have to save any women if I, if I, if I detonate rape culture, I don't have to save anybody. They don't need saving. They're safe. Like, I don't, that's what I'm like. Like, I don't have, there shouldn't have, Harriet Tubman shouldn't have had anything to fucking do. She had something to do. Because slavery exists, she shouldn't have had anything to do, she shouldn't have had anybody to say, right? So so for me it's it's I'm I'm thinking about that, that to to make sure that I'm holding myself accountable to the kind of work that really is insisting on folks to be introduced to their power and to their brilliance
1: and to detonate things that are inhibiting those opportunities mm-hmm. from folks. And how and how our own blind spots of inferior superior continue on, on a on. dynamic that we think we're fighting against and and so then we just replace another position of authority and and that's really what medical midwifery has become yeah. you know medical midwifery has become another authority and another expert over a woman's body Ooh. and it's, it's I have huge 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 issues with that and and that's not the kind of midwife I am And yeah the kind of woman that I want to be at my birth and it's just mm. another tilt with maybe a little bit you know of yeah. a nicer col- you know lens on it but but that's you know like it also probably depends on who you're serving and who you're working with but yeah yeah for me it always tracks back to that of like yeah. hey, do I feel like this person needs to do what I say right which by the way I always feel that,
0: <laughs> just to be clear. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> but it's a checkpoint for me because when I feel that, which is all the time, because I'm very self-righteous, because I, I I unconsciously weaponize my own tools of consciousness rising, you know, and so, but that's the dance is to be super aware of that. And, and when I come at women where there's no hierarchy mm-hmm. and we all... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a completely yep. different, you know, like I get to be an authority over my yep. life, my work, yep. blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't in any way make me an authority over you. Yep. And so how to be in that space. And to me, that is the that is the the roadmap to begin even playing with this idea of matriarchy. You know, because women being together in a non-hierarchical um way with as allies, not competitors is the way like it is the roadmap Uh and so we all have to be super fucking careful Mm -hmm. that even on like a micro level we're not recreating that dynamic that's right you're replicating all those old models i know you're absolutely right it's spot on but that yeah that is my problem with with what's going on with the left right now and and like you know, and I—I I mean, honestly, I, yeah. Because you're just revis—you're repurposing old systems of power and,
2: and patriarchy <laughs> and, and racism, and, and y'all and don't see it. Racism. And racism, y'all don't see it. Yeah, and y'all, and y'all don't see it. It blows my mind. In fact, you so but you don't see it to the point that that we are not aligned with you. We are the thing that needs to be right. corrected. It's nuts. We're yeah. the problem. Yeah, it's insane to me. But I'm—I'm I'm super grateful for the conversation because I just.
1: I think it's important, again, even if it's like, it's not about, I don't curate language to convince folks. That's a losing battle, but and it's not it even fun. It, there's like a, a quick adrenaline hit of of convincing, but it's unsustainable. You know, I, like I used to yeah. be the person in my family who was the self righteous vegan that was insisting that everyone needed to see the pita video <laughs> before they served the turkey. You know, like I was I was that <laughs> 19 year old. You know, and 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 uh-huh. and I just don't have that in me anymore. I'm like, oh, if we are already yeah. coming at each other needing to convince there's nothing here for us it's actually not even interesting to me anymore and it's opened up a completely different awareness of actually relating and letting people come as they are i mean it's completely different yeah yeah that's amazing
2: yeah listen i don't expect agreement anywhere on the planet so you can't destabilize me with that shit. I am like, what? There are people who don't agree with me. Like, what do you mean? I'm so I don't have that. I don't have. There's no. In fact, it must be nice to like walk into rooms and be like, everyone here under the sound of my voice agrees with me. No, I I have not enjoyed that. I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed everyone under the sound of my my voice knowing that they have to shut the fuck up. But I have not enjoyed agreement or like confluence. But
1: that's, well. not, who, that's but again, not who women like, like you and I yeah. are. Like we're actually part yeah. of it, part of <laughs> our uh, purpose, you know, is to shake stuff yeah. up and to have the courage, yeah. you know, truly to have the courage to sit in a room knowing most people don't agree and to be that that's lighthouse. That's right. That's right. Because otherwise people are going to forget. Like we have to represent, you know, the dissenter. We have to. And we have to embody that role because there's, you know, everyone gets to be their role. And in any given room, there's always going to be a couple dissenters, a couple followers, a couple, you know, all the the different roles. And so we have to be that. And so if you are listening to this and you have a closeted dissenter, get the fuck out of the closet, you know, because we need the dissenters out there. And and I, I can tell you, it's way more fun.
2: It is more fun. It's dangerous too. Pioneering is hard.
1: It's dangerous, but it's necessary. Yeah, and it gets to a point, you know, and I say this with enormous privilege, it's not like this was 500 years ago, me saying this, mm-hmm. but it also in some ways, arguably spiritually feels more dangerous to not. To you know? capitulate. And, I yeah. agree with you. And when I, I think about like our children and, and the, the world that we're leaving yeah. our children and their children, yeah. like I, I agree need to with know you. Yeah, that I'm like
2: all right. With- yeah, yeah what i did yeah i agree <laughs> oh look you and i agree isn't that nice <laughs> oh there's seven of us <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. okay, girlfriend thank you so much this was a total joy thank you so much for having me it was my pleasure
1: where where can people find you
2: everywhere i'm everywhere <laughs> Do, uh, no, yeah, I am. I'm everywhere. The books are everywhere. You can find them anywhere. Um, folks are getting a lot of. Well, they're getting a lot out of this is woman's work right now. So I'm digging back into it myself. So and they can pick that up anywhere on Amazon and Tab of Cover. What's wherever. your website and Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is Dominique Christina. My website
1: is Dominique Christina. Awesome. Oh. All right. Thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. Bye. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on FreeBirthSociety.com. Our online courses are on FreeBirthSocietyCourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. Our opening song is by Shia Ray, And now, I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song,
0: Wild Woman, by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival Withstanding the eradication of our power by design I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me My sisters will no longer birth in captivity The picket line redefined from burning our wild women To paralysing us and drugging our babes Strapped down in a clinical white bed Drying up the milk from our breasts Keep your needles My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear, we choose love, everything with intention, death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the stars.